you've got your Bible there, Romans chapter 15, we're going to look at that tonight. Romans chapter number uh, 15. Well, the college uh, have been t- stealing my glasses lately. When I come to class, I can't find them. They forget that I have a camera in that room. And I can rewind to find out who the culprit is. But, you know, some of the college students, they just look guilty all the time. So I, I, I think I've come down without looking at the film. I think I've got it down to Courtney. <laughs> Courtney's probably the one. Courtney, where are you at? Courtney, stand up so we can see who you are. I want to mark this woman tonight. She's a glass thief, I'm just telling you. All right, so hopefully we won't do that anymore. Romans chapter 15 tonight. I want you to look at the first verse with me. Romans chapter 15, the Bible says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Verse 2 says, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification, for even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. The first phrase again says, We then that are strong. Apostle Paul makes this statement, and I want to uh, talk to you a little bit. Really, these two chapters go together, chapter 14 and 15. And I want to talk for just a moment tonight on what should the strong do? What should the strong do? We'll look at that together. Let's pray. Father, again, I ask for your blessing now in your word. Fill us with the spirit of God. Would you bless your people tonight? And Lord, may all of us take home something tonight. And Father, if something we need to change, show us, help us to do that. Again, help those who couldn't be with us tonight. God, thank you for being our God. Uh, Father, thank you for the songs that we could sing about you. And again, thank you for your mercy and grace to us. Father, please bless this service. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, all of us would like to think, and maybe in your mind you think you are that strong person. Maybe some of you tonight, and maybe to a a degree of false humility of really, I'm not that kind of person, I'm, I'm not strong. But in chapter 14 and 15, Paul is talking about those who are weaker Christians and those who are stronger Christians. Now, whether you are strong or not, your desire ought to be to be a strong Christian. You ought to want to get to grow in your, in your faith enough that God could look at you as somebody that he can count on to help others to be edified in their faith. And that, by the way, that's what strong, strong Christians do is they edify others in their faith. Apostle Paul, when he, when he wrote this to the church at Rome, he was referring in chapter 14 that there were some people who were weak in their faith. And then Paul jumps into chapter 15 and says, now we then that are strong. So Apostle Paul makes reference to himself being strong, but he used the word we, which encompasses more than himself, obviously. He's talking to those that were at the Church of Rome. I'm not going to label anybody tonight, but I believe the Heritage Baptist Church has some strong Christians. Our definition of that idea of strong might be somebody who's been saved a long time. Um, we might look at somebody who's a strong Christian as somebody that's an adult. I don't know our, our, sometimes, but we, our thinking can be wrong scripturally. When you think about, and again, we're not going to take a, um, a walk through Bible study tonight, but if you'll just let me tell you some of them. The Bible names, there's like five or six things that the Bible says that makes a strong Christian. I'm not going to preach on those tonight. I just want you to get in your mind that this is what the scripture refers to as being strong, and we should be strong. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, he says, Therefore I take pleasure, Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I Strong. So Apostle Paul said that when I am under adversity, and he names uh, reproaches, infirmities, necessities, persecutions, distress. He says, when I'm weak, then am I strong. And I want to tell you what makes a strong Christian is a Christian who will make it through the times of adversity. Now, I know we don't like it, but I want to tell you the trialing of our faith worketh patience. What builds us up as a Christian when we have to go through those hard times of life. It's like a person preparing for a basketball game. It takes a hard practice to make a good player in the game. 
And God does the same thing in our Christian life where you're going through a physical struggle or financial struggle or spiritual struggle. But all of those things is what make you the Christian that you are. Now tonight, I'm going to get straight to the message, but would you can uh, follow me a little more in this train of thought of really what is a strong Christian? Apostle Paul says, those who go through adversity. The Bible also says in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Which means, if I'm going to be a strong Christian, I can only do that if it's in the power of His might. Are we all together so far? So what makes a strong Christian? A person who derives his strength from God. Can I tell you there are Christians who are deriving their strength from the world instead of their strength from God? Our strength does not come from money or prestige or power or position. Our strength comes because we've got a God in heaven that says we can rely upon His promises. I can do all things through... Which what? So a strong Christian derives their strength from the Lord. A strong Christian is a person who takes adversity for Christ's sake. A strong Christian, number three, is those who have God's word in them. Listen to the verse, 1 John 2, 14. I have written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Now I can't stress how important it is for Christians to put the word of God inside of them. We were talking about this in Proverbs class today on how uh, the Solomon, uh, chapter number 7, gives the safeguard to the strange woman in verses 1 through 5. And he talks about how we should keep God's word as the apple of our eye. The apple of your eye is the retina of your eye, the black part. When you look so close into a person's eye and you can see the reflection of yourself, you could, you, that's the apple. He says, I want you to keep God's word in front of you. He talks about putting it on our fingers and putting it on our heart, both inwardly and outwardly. It's important for the Christian to be in the word of God on a regular basis. Hey, church family, listen to me tonight. A person once said that the average congregation, only 25% of the people are in the Word of God. I don't know if that percentage is correct. I was preaching in chapel this week, and I asked the young people to bow their head and close their eyes, and I asked, how many of you spent at least 15 minutes with the Lord before you came to school today? And I'm just trying to tell you, it was a very small percentage. I think we take for granted that everybody's in the Word of God. Everybody's not in the Word of God. Can, can I tell you how important it is that if you're going to be a strong Christian, listen to me, we complain to, or, or sometimes become judgmental, but we complain about these people who are dropping off and they don't stay in church and, they, and, they're, not, and they're not doing right or they're living for the world. And we think, man alive, that's a weak Christian. No, that's an unspiritual Christian. And the reason they're not strong is they're not in the book. Thy word have I hid in my heart. So it's pretty obvious in the Christian life that a strong Christian is a person who has God's word inside of them. God continues. Let me give you these last two and then I want to give the message tonight. He not only is a strong Christian are those who take adversity for Christ's sake, those who get their strength from God, those who have God's word in them. But listen to this, Galatians 6.1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are, what's the word? Spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So a strong Christian is a person who's willing to restore fallen brethren. Hey, I want to tell you something as Christians, don't be like the average independent Baptist. When somebody falls, you kick them. The idea is, is that when somebody falls, hey, the church is a hospital, not a social club. The idea is to try to help Christians get up back on their feet and go forward for God. Church family, listen to me tonight. When a person messes up in their life, in any area of their life, the devil is on their shoulder trying to tell them, why don't you just give up? The devil's the one that's trying to kick them while they're down, because why? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may. He wants, he wants you out of the way. So why should we aid the devil when a Christian falls? We should be helping them up. Amen. A strong Christian is a person who helps, who helps restore fallen brethren. Proverbs 24, we'll give you one more. Proverbs 24, verse number 5 says this, A wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. I 
Again, I think it's a broad definition, but he says a wise man's strong, a person who's wise, a person who understands what knowledge and understanding is about, and, that, and then puts that into practice. Now, church, I mean, that's not the message tonight, but really it's a foundation of what we want to talk about tonight, is what does a strong person do, a strong Christian? You say, well, a strong Christian is the pastor, not necessarily. You say, well, a strong Christian is the deacon, not necessarily. A strong, strong Christian is the Sunday school teacher, not necessarily. Do you understand that every one of us should be a strong Christian. And how should we do that? We should be able to go make it through adversity with the Lord's help. We should derive our strength from God. We should continually put the word of God inside of us. We should continually, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God, give me wisdom beyond my years that I might know what I should do. I want to be that strong Christian. But look at what Paul says now in the book of Romans 14 and 15. What should a strong Christian do? Look at chapter 14 now. Let's pick it up here. It does cover, I think, the majority of these chapters, which we'll not read all of them, but let's read a little bit here. Romans chapter 14, verse 1, Him that is weak in the faith, to, uh, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations, to dispute, to quarrel, to debate. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Vegetarian. <laughs> I like that, amen? Verse 3, Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that, what's the word, judgest another man's servant. To, now, church, I mean, you got the picture there, right? When he says in verse number four, who art thou that judgest another man's servant, what he's trying to say, we're all servants of God, but we're not servants to one another, we're servants to God. So when we judge another Christian, we're judging another man, we're another man's servant, we're judging if we're God's servants, you're judging somebody that doesn't belong to you. That, that other Christian belongs to God. Think what he says next in verse 4. To his own master, master being God, he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now, this is not the message, but let me quickly say this. I go to that verse often. Even in this auditorium, all of us have different beliefs about different things. Now, can I, church family, can I just tell you, we only have one Bible. I think sometimes we like to use the excuse and maybe this verse, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Well, I'm not fully persuaded, so I guess I don't have to do it. You've got a Bible. You've got a Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. I'm not talking about things that are completely spelled out in Scripture. I'm talking about there might be some things on how you raise your children and how you spend your money or things that you might do. You must be fully persuaded in your own mind that I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. Look what he says next, though. Verse 6, he that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth, uh, that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. For time's sake, can I jump ahead? Verse 7, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Jump down to verse number 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before what? Judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to who? To God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather. Let no man put a stumbling block of an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Now, church, I want to stop real quickly here. And I, I could, again, chapter 14 encompasses so much because the first phrase in verse 15 says, we then that are strong. So he spends all this time in chapter number 14 talking about this weak brother. And he says, now listen, stop judging him. And, he, and then he goes to chapter 15. He says, we then, are, then that are strong. I think the indication is pretty clear that a person who is a strong Christian does not judge others. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The best judges in the world attend Heritage Baptist Church. I'm just letting you know, okay? God has given us a collection of judges, all righty? 
Now, it's very, very interesting when uh, Jesus, I think it was or Luke chapter 6, when Jesus said, hey, listen, you are going to get this in proportion that you give it to others. In other words, as you measure a man, it's going to be measured to you again. He names four things. He says you're not supposed to judge, you're not supposed to condemn. Then he says the word give, and then he says the word forgive. Now, the word judge means to call into question. The word condemn means to declare guilty. Now, stay with me for just a moment tonight. So what happens as we as Christians is, is we call people into question, not often verbally, but we call people into question in our own mind. That's judgmental. That's judgmental. And then it, then it proceeds from being judgmental to the idea of condemning, which now you have become jury and judge, and you have declared guilty. That's called condemning. God says in the proportion that you judge, you're going to receive that judgment back. In the proportion that you condemn, you're going to receive that condemnation back. Young people, you do it all the time too. This is not an adult thing. Teenagers, I think you get your practice before adulthood. All right? In the Christian school uh, or on a, on, a, on a ball court, uh, it's amazing how uh, you're the standard. And if everybody doesn't meet up to you, then they must not be doing very well. You guys are real quiet tonight, and I'm not sure why. You're being judgmental of me. I can feel it. <laughs> Do we really want to go there, amen? <laughs> Do you understand that we all have an opinion? And because we have an opinion, if we're not careful as Christians, we become very judgmental of others. And I'm just trying to tell you that if you consider yourself a strong Christian, and if you consider yourself not a strong Christian, you ought to become a strong Christian. And guess what strong Christians do? They are not judgmental. They don't try to say, listen, uh, you should be doing this in your marriage, and you should be doing this with your children, and you should be doing this in your giving. I want to tell you something. You've got enough to take care of in your little bubble of a world that you need to be taken care of, not to be judging everybody else. So Paul says, we then that are strong, which is connecting chapter 14 and chapter number 15, and he's trying to remind them that if you're a strong Christian, you shouldn't be judgmental. Just for me, look, it's interesting. I'm just going to point them out uh, tonight. I think we're doing okay tonight, not as far as time, but look at uh, verse number 7 of that same chapter, Romans chapter 14. In Romans chapter 14, I'm sorry, I'm going to pinpoint. Verse number 12. So then every one of us should give an account of himself to God. Why should we not be judgmental of others? Because we're all going to have to give an account of ourselves to God. I don't know about you, but I've got enough wrong in my own life. I don't need to be judging anybody else because I'm going to be judged of God for what I'm doing wrong. Not only should we not be judgmental because we're going to stand before God, but look at verse 13. He says, let, not therefore judge, let, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. But judge this rather that no man put a, what's the word? Or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Jump down to verse 21. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother, what's the word? Stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. I want to just tell you, you shouldn't judge others because you become a stumbling block to somebody else. You've heard me tell the story years ago. <clears throat> had a man in our church and he, uh, he had come shortly after I'd been here. And a young fellow had gotten saved. He's about 18 years of age. And I'm he was living by himself. He was in town at his own apartment. Uh, his name is Luke. Anyway, he came to church and he started to grow as a Christian. He, he brought all of his CDs. If you remember correctly, in the old building, we burned all of his CDs after his service. Put the room in a barrel. We were all together. Uh, he brought his rock posters in. He burned his rock posters and just growing by leaps and bounds. But we had one guy in the church that he had this idea of some, some different areas. And one of those areas that was different, that he didn't think anybody should eat pork. He thought, man alive, you weren't supposed to eat anything that was unclean, even though it was written to the Jews. He thought, and I remember the first time we had a gathering and I ordered pizza and I had, I had pig on everything. <laughs> I had 
bacon and cheese and sausage and cheese and, you know, it, the pizza went oink, oink, I think. I mean, it just, I mean, I li- I'm one of those people, I'm a meat lover. I like all kinds of meat and I like a lot of it. So he comes up to me and says, hey, listen, you didn't order any pizza for me. I said, man, there's a lot of pizza here. What, what, is, there, is there a special kind you like? He says, we got pork on it all. Well, I started laughing at him. I thought he was joking. I started, ha, ha, ha. He says, I'm serious. Okay. Well, he was so serious about his idea of pork, this young convert that's growing as a Christian, he decided he was going to disciple him. Instead of discipling him on how to read his Bible and how to pray and why he should be going to church, he's discipling him why he shouldn't be eating pork. Now, that young man got out of church, and I haven't seen him since because some ding-a-ling had some area of his life that he thought was so important. Trisha, I want to tell you something. Whenever you get to a place like that, can I just tell you, you ought to be drinking the milk of the Word, not the meat of the Word. If you can't get through the milk, then you shouldn't be trying to handle meat. Right? So here's what, so what I'm trying to tell you tonight is there are certain people that are going to believe certain things that, are, that might be different. Guess what? If you're a stronger Christian, that's not for me to judge. Listen to me tonight. If you're here tonight and you don't drink, eat meat, I know I'm very, I know I'm teasing. No, I'm not. But anyway, I, I know that it seems making somewhat light. But if you, don't, if you honestly before God think you shouldn't eat pork, then you shouldn't eat pork. That's what Romans 14 says. Now, I want to help you with this, okay? And again, I, I don't think there's anybody like here tonight like that. If you are, I don't know. But look what Paul says in verse number 14. Uh, Romans 14, 14. But I know and am persuaded. That's pretty strong. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it's unclean. Just trying, what Paul was trying to say is, listen, I, I, unclean things as far as the Jews, what they were supposed to eat, what they were supposed to, not supposed to eat. Paul said, hey, listen, I know there's nothing unclean to me. Before God, I know that, and I'm persuaded of that. You're not going to change my mind. But if there's somebody in the church that believes that, he says, I'm not going to be a stumbling block to them. Why? Because I'm supposed to be strong. Just remember, your faith should not waver because somebody believes something you don't believe. That's the craziest thing to have division over, isn't it? So Apostle Paul says, the reason I'm not going to judge others is because I have to give an account to God. I'm not going to judge others because I'm not going to be a stumbling block. I'm not going to judge others. Look at verse 15. It's that same chapter. He says, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. You know what Paul's trying to say? He says, listen, there's two great, lo- there's two great laws in the scripture. Law number one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. What's the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. Hey, you know why? If my brother doesn't want to eat pork and I do eat pork, when I'm around him, I'm not going to eat pork. You know, it's not going to kill me. You know why? Because I'm supposed to be the bigger Christian. Years ago, we used to tease that. Years ago, used to be the big thing. You ought to be the bigger Christian. Of course, they were bigger. (laughs) Um, Can I just tell you, as a Christian, you ought to be the bigger Christian. You ought to be the stronger Christian. You know what strong Christians do? They don't become judgmental. And again, there's more in the chapter 14. You can read them for yourself. Well, as far as not judging us, look at the next thing. I want to see something else here. Look at chapter 15 now with me. What does the stronger Christian do? Number one, he doesn't judge others. Chapter 15, verse number one says this. We then that are, what's the word? Ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Now think about that. We that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Benjamin, are you in here? Where's Benjamin Morgan? Are you in here tonight? Come here and help me out tonight. Come over here and would you lift this weight for me? You look like a bodybuilder. <laughs> you know how this works? Nope. All right, you lay down. 
No, on your back. Other one, other one. I can tell he's never done this before. All right. Okay, you need to scoot up. All right. Brother, um, you're a spotter, right? Come over here and help me out here. All right. All right, on your back. All right, now listen. You're going to lift this off the bar, and you're going to bring it down to your chest. All righty? All right, ready? Okay, go. All right. I'm not sure he did that. All right, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll try this again, all right? All right, now this time you're going to do it, all righty? All right, now we're just going to help him get it up. Don't let him strangle himself, all right? Okay, comes down. All right, let him come up by himself. Any day now? Come on, you can do it. All right, good, good, all right? You good. You illustrated what I want. You're weak. Come here. All right. All right, well, now we're let him try it, all right? Can you be his spotter? Okay. Okay, you got to do this next. I'm just while you're watching. Okay, we don't have the rest of the service, all right? So, all right, now, so what Apostle Paul's saying, we which are strong are supposed to bear the infirmities of the? All right, which one's weak? <laughs> Ben's the weak one, all right? Hey, can I just tell you something? There's so many of us, we think we're strong, but you're really Ben. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. You think, oh, I, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I've been saved, you know, I've been saved 20 years, and I've been a member of this church for, for 20 years, and, you know, I'm a strong Christian. I don't know if you're strong or not. You might think you're strong, but, you know, when the test really comes, when somebody, when somebody comes along and you start judging them, that was your test. I guess you weren't strong. You know, Paul, so Paul says, thank you, fellas, very much appreciate it. Paul says here that a strong person bears the infirmities of the weak. You know what the, word, the idea of the word infirmities that he's referring to here means this, an error arising from the weakness of mind. In other words, this guy's got some beliefs that, okay, you know, it's not really scriptural, but that's what he believes. So instead of getting mad and making an example of him and saying, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's doing and being judgmental, guess what a strong person does? He bears that. He lets them be themselves because they're not doing something contrary to Scripture. It's just that, in fact, chapter 14, the biggest example was as far as what they were eating. This guy says it's wrong to eat this. This guy says, I think it's okay to eat this. I know that the Lord has said it's okay for us to do that, but if that's what he believes, I can bear that. I can take that. I can, that, 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 that area of infirmity, that weakness of mind, because obviously it's something, maybe something scriptural, they bear that infirmity. What makes a strong Christian is we don't become judgmental of what other people are saying or doing, and we let them. By the way, a person has to grow in their faith. We, it's not just a matter of you got saved and all of a sudden you just become a great Christian. You become a Christian because you continually grow in your faith. So Apostle Paul says, what makes a strong Christian? A person who doesn't judge others. And second of all, a person who's willing to bear the infirmities of the weak. You say, well, how are we supposed to do that? Look at verse number two. He says, let every one of us please who? You know, our problem with Christian life is, is that we want everybody to please us instead of trying to please other people. The, the idea of a neighbor is not just really a, a saved person, but it's lost or saved or like. Can I just tell you as a Christian, we ought to try to please people. 
And I'm not talking about pleasing people to compromise what we believe. I'm talking about pleasing people because we're a Christian. Look at the very next verse, verse number three. He says, for even who? Please not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. So he says, hey, listen, let me give you an example here of somebody who was willing to please others instead of pleasing himself, our Lord Jesus Christ. So what makes a strong Christian? A strong Christian is a person who doesn't become judgmental. A strong Christian who is willing to bear the infirmities of the weak. Listen, church family, <clears throat> I have beliefs, you have beliefs. Our beliefs might not always match. Obviously, we have the scriptures, but there's things that maybe some of us uh, do that others don't do. Church, I mean, I, 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 let me use this for an illustration, okay? I don't own a pair of blue jeans. There's nothing wrong scripturally about a pair of blue jeans. There's nothing wrong with black, black jeans or green jeans or purple jeans. There is something wrong with pink ones, but there's nothing wrong with a person wearing a pair of blue jeans. I don't own a pair of blue jeans. This is the way I was raised that way. I've never put, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't know if I ever wore a pair of blue jeans in my life. I don't think in my life. My wife has never seen me in a pair of blue jeans, okay? But church, I mean, you can look at me and say, man, my pastor's weird, okay? Don't become judgmental. You're supposed to be strong. Ha ha. <laughs> There are things that people are going to do in their life that are not going to matter when it comes to your salvation, and it's not going to matter concerning compromise as far as something that you've got to compromise. It's just that that's them. Let them be them. A strong Christian doesn't become judgmental. A strong Christian bears the infirmities of the weak. Look at the next thing, verse number 7. Verse 7 says this, Wherefore receive ye one another. Now, it's interesting, the word one another is mentioned three times in chapter 15. It's verse 5, 7, and 14. In verse 7, he says, Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now, I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, which means the Jews, minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, the fathers being the Jews, and that the, what's the word? Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again, he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people, the Jews, his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. Now, just remember, I think what God's trying to teach us here in, this, in these verses when he talks about, in verse number 7, to receive one another. And then he starts off by saying, Jesus Christ, his ministry was to the Jews, but, Jesus, but because of mercy, he allowed us Gentiles to be saved also. Amen? Aren't you glad you're saved tonight? But I think the principle here of the chapter of that a strong person receives those unlike himself. Receives those unlike himself. Listen to me, young people. Hey, uh, How old's Nick? Four, five, six, seven? I was getting there. I was getting there. I'm sorry. All right, how are you doing? Eight years old, my goodness. All right, now listen, Nick. See that man right there? What's his name? his name. Hey, listen, this man right here, try to shut this up. Listen, he was really, really And by the way, I almost couldn't do this vice versa. There's some of you seniors in here, I could take you around, point a child, and you scratch your head and send whatever he belongs to. Now, all I'm trying to say, 
everybody. Receive. show yourself friendly and receive people. You know what? This is what strong Christians do. Amen. Listen to me. Weak Christians come and set themselves down in a church service and don't shake hands with anybody. Weak. His last name does not look like it's spelled Darrymple, but this is Brother Curtis. Can he call you Brother Curtis? Is it okay? This is Brother Curtis. Can you say hello, Brother Curtis? All right. Are you from the church? All right. Thank you, baby. See you. I want to tell you what a strong Christian is. A strong Christian says, you know what? These people are not like themselves. We should, we should accept the Gentiles, and we as Gentiles should accept everyone. Verse 14 with me. Verse 14 says this, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, full of all knowledge, able also to admonish who? Can I tell you what strong Christians do? They admonish. Let me quickly say, there's a difference between reprove, rebuke, and exhort. The word reprove means... This word admonish means to caution or reprove lightly. Can I just tell you, we're supposed to as Christians to be able to iron sharpeneth. Can I just tell you what strong Christians do? They reprove lightly. They caution. Hey, listen, we, a, a strong Christian does not come up to somebody and say, I just want to tell you what you're doing is wrong. Why don't you get right with God? Dan, that's not a strong Christian. A strong Christian is careful. A strong Christian is going to encourage right, not discourage it by their disposition of how they're talking to somebody. That's what a strong Christian does. They help a weaker brother in the faith. And they say, hey, listen, I've got something that the Lord really helped me with, and I just want to share it with you. Okay, yeah, I know you have an ulterior motive, but you didn't stomp them in the ground when you said it. Hey, listen, I want to just tell you, man, when, when I first got saved, I did so many stupid things. These, these are some of the stupid stuff that I did. And I'm not saying that you're stupid. These are the stupid things I were doing. And I, I, and I had somebody that came and talked to me. And I just, I thought, I thought of something. Just, to, you know, if you want to think about it, here's what I was thinking. They caution lightly. That's a strong Christian. Hey, can I tell you, strong Christians are not up here trying to get the attention from people. Strong Christians are down here with the people because they receive people, because they're not judgmental of people. But they're also helping people by lightly saying, hey, listen, you might want to think about this. Pastors preaching these things from the pulpit and preaching the word of God, you know. That makes sense. I can't tell 
I know you're not the same, okay? They think that you all have convictions and standards, and they think that you all, you know, just simply love the Lord. They think all of you go soul winning every Thursday night and Saturday. They think all of you give tithes and offerings. I'm glad they think that. But you're feeling like that's not true, and we all know that's not true. We're all at different levels of our spirituality. But can I tell you something? That's pretty good when somebody can walk in and think that. Because you know what that is? That's admonishment. That's admonishment. Why do we pay attention during the service? Why do we nod our head? Why do we say amen? I want to tell you why. Because we're together, we're admonishing one another through our agreement to what's being preached. Do you agree with what's being preached? Say amen. amen. You know what that does? That admonishes everybody around you. Oh, that must be true. Strong Christians, weak Christians. Listen, tonight was not an opportunity for you to figure out which ones are the weak ones. You know why? You just proved you were because that's, what, that's called being judgmental. You know what you should be doing as a Christian? God, I want to be strong in my faith. I want to be a strong Christian. I want you to please forgive me for being judgmental. Calling into question every time somebody does something, how somebody's tra- raising their children, how often they show up for a church service. God, I want you to please forgive me. That's not what strong Christians do. God, I want you to please forgive me. I want you to please forgive me for not bearing the infirmity of the weak not letting somebody grow in their faith, not letting somebody be what they are as a Christian. They're not my servant, they're your servant. Lord, forgive me for doing that. God, I want you to please forgive me for sitting in a church service and coming week after week and not even knowing the people on the other side of the auditorium because I come and sit in my one little spot. Instead of receiving people myself, I should be the one that being iron sharpening iron. I should be the one that's encouraging and helping others. I'll tell you something, all of us need to be a strong Christian. You ought to ask God to help you be a strong Christian. Church family, I want to tell you, brother... Um, Opechindic's about to start the Capital City Baptist Church here and starts in here uh, in March and everything. Amen. And um, I feel like that a couple of, I know there might be more of you, but at least right now I know for sure, again, Brother Cornwall, Brother Sister Johnson, but he's getting some strong Christians. during the church services. I've never looked out in the church service and him frowning at me. I mean, frowning at his wife. He's never been frowning at me. But what makes Heritage Baptist Church strong is, first of all, Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. But God uses people to make a church strong. Some churches are just simply weak. You know why they're weak? Because of its people. Listen, you ought to strive to be a strong Christian. God, I want to be be that strong Christian that you can use. You know, a moment ago, when Ben tried to lift it the first time, I was a little closer so I could see what's going on. Kyle over here with his two little fingers is lifting this whole thing up. While Ben's straining. You know why? Because he was helping the weak. And I want to tell you something spiritually speaking. We need Christians that are simply going to help the weak. Not condemn them, not kick them, not, not frown at them, but just encourage them. Because remember, at one time you were weak too.